invite you to think with us for a few minutes from this subject. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Current events remind us that we live in times of great confusion. People, primarily African-American people, are being gunned down in our community at historic rates. And with the level of violence our community is suffering through, one would think there would be greater emphasis within our police department to work to make our community more secure. But instead, what we see in here is a continuing resistance by the police union to please for reform and accountability. People from all walks of life have come together to peacefully protest against the racial biases and inequities that typify this nation. And for their acts of conscientious objection, which in no way negatively impacts anyone who does not agree or does not wish to participate, they have been bullied, physically and psychologically abused, labeled troublemakers, and have been cursed by the President of the United States. Speaking of our President, the incompetence of his administration has reached such shocking levels that he has no means of offering meaningful assistance to the millions of Americans that are struggling through this COVID crisis. These are confusing times. In times of confusion, peace seems to be very scarce, though we greatly desire it in every aspect of our living. But the good news of this message today is that despite the scarcity of peace, it is still available if we're willing to seek it under proper conditions and do what's necessary to preserve it once it is acquired. Like most things of great value, peace is a delicate item that can only be preserved under certain conditions. We've entitled this message, Blessed Are the Peacemakers, which is a quote from Jesus taken from the Beatitudes portion of his Sermon on the Mount. And we like to point out that with this beatitude, Jesus makes a clear distinction between peacemakers and peacekeepers. The world is full of the latter, but has very few of the former. Peacekeepers are those who go along to get along. And certainly there are times when keeping the peace is an appropriate thing to do. But more often than not, particularly in times that challenge our character and our values, the call of the gospel is for us to be peacemakers and not merely peacekeepers. 
And the distinction is this. Peacemakers know that there is no peace where God does not prevail. Certainly, God must prevail in our own hearts. Jesus said in John 14 and 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. And there can be no question that the peace of Jesus is the best peace we can ever hope to have. But the peace to which we refer today is not between us and God. It's between one another. And that peace is possible if we are willing to decrease confusion in our relationships by employing the character of God in our everyday situations. Our scripture takes us to Abram and his relationship with his nephew, Lot. Lot was the son of Abram's younger brother, Haran. Haran died young. And when Abram's father, Terah, moved from their original home in Ur of the Chaldees, he took Abram and his grandson, Lot, with him. When Abram's brother died, he took a special interest in his nephew, Lot. So when God spoke to Abram and told him to go to another country, Abram took Lot with him. When Abram and Lot started out together, they started in peace. And that peace lasted a long time. Both men were wealthy. Both had cattle and sheep and servants. But coming out of Egypt, headed back to Canaan, they stopped to camp near a place called Bethel. And there was not adequate pasture there to feed all the animals. Initially, they had an agreement as to how they would deal with the situation. But confusion soon set in when their servants couldn't adjust to the changing conditions that they found themselves facing. Soon, fights broke out between the two groups. Church, that's how delicate peace really is. These men, these relatives left home in peace and they enjoyed peace for a long time. There's no record of a single crossword between them. But now peace has been jeopardized. Peace is in danger of being destroyed. Something has to be done because as great as peace is, it's so delicate that it can be completely destroyed if godly knowledge and love are not used in time. First, peace was preserved between Abraham and Lot because Abraham was willing to make a move. 
He was willing to be the peacemaker. And today, we need godly individuals who are willing to stand on their relationship with God and make the moves necessary to bring about peace. Abram was older than Lot, and apparently he was also wiser than Lot. And that's saying something because it's been my experience that the two don't necessarily go together. Abram was perceptive enough to realize the magnitude of the problem he and Lot faced. They were in a strange land. They were surrounded by people who didn't like them and didn't want them there. They faced danger from the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Both groups were capable of doing them great harm. So the last thing they needed was to be at odds with each other. The best hope they had for survival was to stick together. But instead of their coming together for mutual protection, their servants were risking their own destruction by fighting with each other. Church, if we are to be peacemakers, we must be willing to make a move. I need you to hear me on this. We are in a strange land. We are surrounded by folk who don't like us and who want to destroy us. We have common enemies that will be our undoing if we are not careful. And the common enemy is being pushed up by a satanic power. Satan prides himself on being able to keep up confusion in places where there is supposed to be peace. But as men and women of God, we have to be willing to make a move that will allow peace to prevail. Remember what Jesus said, by this shall all people know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. The first thing that must happen if we are to bring peace out of confusion is that we as God's people have to be willing to make a move when it's necessary. And then Abram recognized peace as a source of power. Most people today are interested in power, but one of the great problems today is that we seek power in the wrong places. We seek power through taking advantage of one another. We seek power through schemes and making deals. We seek to demonstrate power by showing off what we own and how much we know. Lot was a young man. He was prosperous and well off. 
No doubt he realized that his uncle was a man of power. You couldn't blame him if he had ambition to have the kind of power and prestige that Abram had. Lot's servants were fighting for their rights. They didn't understand that the only reason why Lot was there was because of Abram. They didn't know that God had chosen Abram for a special task and a special work. But Abram's power didn't come from his money. It didn't come from his prestige. It didn't come from his position. Abram was a peaceful man. He was an obedient man. He was a man who was willing to sacrifice his comfort and security to do what God wanted him to do. Oh, my friends, there are people all around us who want power, but they don't realize that power is in peace. Martin Luther King Jr. was the most powerful man of our time. He tore down signs that said colored and white from all over the nation. He changed laws that had been established and upheld by presidents and senators and congressmen. He did what governors and police departments and armies and courts couldn't do. But the power that King used to do what he did was not the power of the dollar, and it wasn't the power of legality. But King relied on the power of peace, the power of love, the power of prayer, the power of faith, the power of trusting in God. And if we are to preserve the peace that we need so badly, we must first come to recognize the power of peace. And that leads me to my final point, and that is to be peacemakers. We have to realize that peace is a choice. When we strive for peace, we're saying that we've made a choice to follow God's way over man's way. Proverbs 14 and 12 reminds us that there is a way that seems right, but the ends thereof lead to death. And that's ultimately what confusion leads to. It leads to death, and it leads to hell. And if we want to survive, if we want to overcome, if we want to sit at the table of brotherhood, if we want to study war no more, then we need to make peace our choice. Abraham knew this. 
And that's why he put peace ahead of a lot of things. He put peace ahead of his rights. He put peace ahead of his senior position in the family. He put peace ahead of his pride. He put peace ahead of his image in the eyes of others. No doubt he felt it was worth all those things in order to bring peace out of confusion. Listen to Abraham speak to Lot and then listen to God speak to Abraham. Abraham said to Lot, Look, nephew, we don't have to have strife with one another. After all, we are family. Let me make you an offer. Let's separate from one another. You go your way, and I'll go my way. I'll give you the choice of the land. Because there's a lot of great land out there. You take your pick. If you go left, then I'll go right. If you go right, then I'll go left. I don't have to do it this way, but I'm going to do it this way because this is the peaceful way. Well, Abraham did all he could, but Abraham couldn't bring peace out of confusion by himself. He needed Lot to cooperate, but Lot tried to take advantage of the situation. But even though Lot didn't cooperate, Lot didn't have the final word. Peace came out of confusion because God spoke after Lot spoke. After Lot had gone his way, God stepped in and God spoke to Abram and God said, look around your son. Look to the north and look to the south. Look to the east and look to the west. And as far as your eyes can see, I'm going to give you this land forever. Our church, as I close today, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that folk don't have the final say. I'm so glad that enemies don't have the final say. I'm so glad that systems don't have the final say. But God has the final word and he's promised to make everything all right. Enemies may be on my trail. The storms may rise and the winds may blow. Folk will do their best to destroy me. 
but God has the final word and he said if you hold on hold on hold on a little while longer I will make everything all right I will make a way out of no way I will make rough places plain I will make crooked places straight I will make your enemy your footstool I will keep bread on your table I will keep clothes on your back I will make everything all right he's able 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 yeah 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 I'm so glad that there is someone who has the final word above the clamor of folk, above those who would seek to take advantage of their position and of their power. There's someone who has the final word. There's someone who promised never to leave me nor forsake me. There's someone who said, I'll hold you in the holler of my hand. Just stay with me. And I will make everything all right. There's a lot of confusion going on around us. There are a lot of confusion keepers around us. There are a lot of folk who specialize in keeping up confusion. But I've made up my mind that I'm going to stay with the Lord. I'm going to keep my hand in his hand. And I'm going to let him make my peace.